Welcome to Sustainable 74 and welcome to my abode. This is your abode and how spacious and lovely it is to be in it as well. We are your friendly little environment podcast, Sustainable, all about people and the planet. And why can't we have a little laugh about it every now and then? And this week I am doing it staring lovingly into Ol's eyes. Mm, what we got coming up this week then, Cherub? Oh, gosh. This week, we are going to be looking at how some nasty car companies are looking for the green light to pollute more. Uh, green, green light. Yeah. Uh, we are also going to be checking out what that horrible orange, or should I say amber-faced politician in America has done. Gr- green and amber? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And uh, we are going to be talking about squirrels. Red squirrels! Oh, I love squirrels. You love squirrels? Squirrels. 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 I like squirrels. So we're going to be talking about red, amber and green things this week, Dave. Oh, and there is a special, special treat. In an unprecedented move, I can confirm that during the recording of this show, we stopped to have a curry. We will award 10 points to anyone who can correctly identify the point at which we stopped to have our curry. Just the usual disclaimer, we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views. So if anything that we say revs you up the wrong way and you feel like signalling your discontent... Oh, very nice. Thanks. uh, Then signal it at us and do not drive uh, over our jobs by (laughs) (laughs) signalling it to anyone we work for. Even your mic stand is giving up. Amazing. Right, let's put our pedal to the metal. So, Inhoff of the Week. This is the section named after a nasty, nasty, nasty little man Horrible. in America. You used to call him all sorts of things. Do you remember you used to call him, you called him a penis? And yes. you called him a douchebag? Yeah, you, you said I couldn't call him a douchebag You can't again. call him a douchebag. We looked it up, do you remember? Yeah. Um, but you don't do that anymore. Well, I know, I just run out, basically. <laughs> okay. And we could start recycling him again. A prat. I don't think I've ever called him a prat. Inhoff is a prat, and he's a prat because he doesn't think climate change is real because there's still snow. So we named this section of the show after him. Uh, and there have been some other prats this week, or in fact, I think this was actually last week that this came up. So it was slightly old babble news, but exceptionally Inhoffy and therefore worthy of mention in this section. Who are we talking about and what have they done? We are talking about car companies, Hole. Now, they are people that make cars. Cars are things that go on roads. Roads are things that go over nice habitats. Uh, and on newts. They, go, newts. Over they go over newts, yeah, and squirrels. And <laughs> what the uh, car companies have done in America, they've basically seen the arrival of the great bellicose bellend, Mr. <laughs> Orange Inhoff, uh, champion-in-chief of everything terrible, and they've gone, ooh, I, I'm going to have that. I smell an opportunity. <laughs> and what they've done is they root to him, they root to 
him on a bit of paper. Well, uh, they wrote to him. <laughs> I don't know, so confusing. I don't know why I come out all West Country, but I did. They wrote to him. And they said, Oi, uh, Don, Donny, me old mate, Don, Mucka, hey, mate, <laughs> you know, like, how you don't like that Barack Obama. You know, you don't like him. You know how, like, he makes you want to urinate onto mattresses, um, <laughs> allegedly. Um, go and, like, he made us have this rule about making cleaner cars. Go and get rid of that. Go and, like, not do that. And, uh, yes, that's what they've done. They so basically, they, yeah. They are actually lobbying for rules that say you have to make your cars more efficient yes. to be removed or weakened. Is that what's going on there? They're actively saying, you know how you want us to make cars more efficient. And, and that generally means, you know, people spend less money on filling those cars with petrol. Yeah, $1.7 trillion less over the lifetime of a car, apparently. That's what it would save. And Ameri- the American motorists, as a bunch. Oh, all of them. Right. All of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, all of them. Yeah. Bloody yeah. hell, gas prices in America are not what I thought they were. Uh, yeah, apparently it would, like this regulation, which would say that a car would have to run for 54 miles per gallon or better. I've no idea what they run at now. But basically, that would save a amount of fuel equivalent to $1.7 trillion if for everyone's like lifetime of their cars, apparently. So... I don't really understand how they can get away with this. Why is it that they can say, we we want to make driving our cars more expensive for the people who drive them, and we want to, you know, pollute more, put more emissions in the atmosphere. Why is that okay? Well, it's not okay, is it? Right. <laughs> now you listen here. It's not the facade. It's a very naughty boy. The argument must run that if you're going to invest in making your cars cleaner, then it's going to, like... You'll have to sack people to do that. I don't get it because it implies doing that that like one of two things must be true. Either thing number one, which is that like making dirtier cars means using more people. So you have to like get someone to put an otter into a mincer and then carefully <laughs> spread with a spatula around the inside of a fuel tank. That, that would be quite intensive work, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it would, no, yeah, I yeah. now I understand. Yeah. yeah, thank you. So either they're saying well, we don't need those people anymore, so we'll have to sack them. In which case. What are you doing employing someone to spread minced otter around the inside of a fuel tank anyway? Don't understand that, right? Which I think is what they do. Um, and Or they're just basically going, well, well, we'll have to shut factories. We'll have to like put people out of work because we have factories making cars we won't be allowed to sell anymore. Or we'll have to like spend so much money and invest. I don't know. I don't bloody know. And the, but, but the point is... Yeah, you sound like you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't never, never said I did know. The reason I don't know <laughs> is because I'm not a car company. Okay. <laughs> But, okay, well, let's get back to the Inhoffery at play here. Because, I mean, car companies have not got a brilliant reputation right now. What with the old Dieselgate scandal? What with being found to be lying about how stinky your cars are? Being found to be putting bits of software in your cars that go, oh, hang on, pretend you're in test, in, in test conditions so that we can pretend our emissions are much lower that they are, you know, they got sued uh, successfully. For Episode 25, we talked about naughty Naughty, naughty volts, yeah. yeah. And, well, and the ramifications of that in America, where this inhoffery is happening, have been very expensive for Volkswagen. They have been have to pay out some billion dollars uh, to um, people, <laughs> fines to someone. Uh, the point is, the point is, how can they, how have they got the brass neck? To be going up to Donald Trump saying, oh, um, we could do some more emitting, actually, if, if you just signed this thing. 
industries will always argue. They have always argued. They will always argue in the same way that you would argue. Like if I come round your house and I say, oh, uh, your house is very nice, but I'm forcing you to uh, make it a lot more energy efficient than it currently is. You'd go, oh, bugger off. That means I've got to like buy a new boiler and I've got to like, you know, strip all my stuff out. And you'd mo and you'd go, oh, it'll cost me hundreds of thousands of pounds. And you'd go all like, Dave, don't make me do it. And I'd go, no, it's the Lord, do it, shut up, right? And then you'd do it and you'd actually find it doesn't cost you hundreds of thousands of pounds. It's just like next time you buy a boiler, you do it better. But car companies and companies in general always say it'll be Armageddon and terrible, you know, if you make us do this thing. And they've got a very long history of it. Um, and they're always basically, you know, proved to be wrong. or Because actually, when you've got to get on and do something, you go, oh, hang on, we haven't thought of that before. And then you do it, and it spurs innovation, so, yeah, and all this and all this research shows that it massively outweighs the. I mean, isn't isn't that isn't that then the case in America because they have had so few regulations imposed upon them, uh, and so few meaningful efforts to get them to have green, clean cars. That's why you still have kind of basically 1950s technology in these enormous cars with it just spewing out. Um, massive amounts of, of pollution because no one has made them get better. Probably, so, yeah. yeah. Not an expert in American cars. Um, it wasn't me who drove one across America, so I've um, <laughs> no, no idea. You, you, you tell the listener about big American gas guzzling cars. No, it's cars. very small. We hired, we hired the smallest possible uh, car and they in, almost insisted that we upgrade and we were like, no, it's, it's absolutely fine. No, actually, no, no, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then like everyone actively laughed at us whenever we arrived anywhere they were like oh my god is that your car oh that's so sweet and it was an, it was an italian car not an american car it was a fiat uh, so there's a point that i am making <laughs> Naughty. Naughty. i mean it's not look they're inhoffs right but they're not stupid like if i was a big horrible car company what did polluting or indeed a big horrible otter mincing company what like to mince otters i too would at this precise moment be going to donald trump and saying oi go and like you know oh oh the impact on jobs oh you know all of this not mincing otters that's costing us jobs and money so go and let us off of course you would like you would because he's it's what he does isn't it yeah yeah but that doesn't make them nice people no, it makes them in offs. They are in offs. They are in But I wanted just to talk for a bit, if you will indulge me, oh, my, please, my dear, yeah. sweet, indulgent little princess, um, mm. about some of the other stuff. What's behind all of this, right? Because yeah, we banged on. Uh, oh, when was it? A few episodes ago about things Donald done and how he got to work and done loads of stuff, and then he became boss and he done loads of stuff like Keystone XL pipelining mm. and Dakota Access pipelining and, you know, the wall and all that. But these are all executive orders, these things. And tucked away in the little small print, a lot of that, was one horrible little executive order that no one really noticed, which is called One In, Two Out. Oh, play the sexy One In, Two Out music, Dave. <laughs> So what this <laughs> turn off? <laughs> what this is it refers to regulations. Oh, mm. so it's a thing. One regulation in means you've got to take two regulations out. You put your regulation in, you take two regulations out. In, <laughs> out, out, in, <laughs> out, out. Shake it all out, out, out. Yeah. So 
let's just pause for a moment to consider how boneheaded that is. So it's saying no matter what the regulation, if you introduce a new rule, yes. you have to delete two other rules. Yeah, well, If uh, you don't introduce that rule, those other rules can stay. Yes. So we're, pa- we're passing no comment on the appropriateness, um, relevance, cost, impact of other rules. Well, we only do once you try to introduce a new rule. Yeah, no, that's right. On yeah, anything. Absolutely. That's absolutely, that's absolutely spot on. That's uh, insane. Yes. <laughs> it's complete. <laughs> it is. It is. It's insane. And it's worked out by the, the cost to business. So like, it's not literally like if you had... Of course it is. Well, if you had like a regulation to, you know, do a very, very, very important thing and then regulations to do a teeny tiny thing, those regulations aren't equivalent. So like if I, if you want to bring in a new law on like not mincing us, right, and that will cost companies like one to comply with, yeah? No, let's say five. You used five. one last week. Okay, five. Well, five. Right, right. That's not got no higher than five though, right? Because it okay. starts to get difficult. Um <laughs> And uh, so it costs you five. So you're you're not a mincing company, and now you're not allowed to mint so many others. Cost you five, right? So that means the government's got to go and find uh, two other regulations that cost five, or if you like, one regulation that costs ten, or ten regulations that cost one. So that's how it's worked out. Like what it costs businesses to comply with it. So the idea is that at the end of it, the ar- the totally random and arbitrary bit is whatever system of regulation you've got, it'll be costing business less. Just business, just all business. Yeah. So it, so if it's costing that auto-mincing company five, yeah. as long as you're saving, I don't know, a parrot slicing company five and a kitten punching company five, yes, that's fine because business in the round is yep. therefore saved five yeah it's all that matters right it's all that matters is saving oh god (laughs) it can't be that simple is it that simple it's that simple oh god it's that simple it's totally 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 bonkers and although now i have mentioned before that i think donald trump is a bit of a naughty monkey not very nice and he's no fan of the babble and he's in in hoff corner and we don't know that what that he's no fan of the babble yeah should we tweet at him some stuff and I see what we If I were a liberal, if, like, okay, if I ran as a liberal Democrat, they would say I'm one of the smartest people anywhere in the world. It's true. But, so he is, you know, he's a big orange inhoff and everything. But on this one, right, let's not go about bashing Donald Trump round what? the head with the inhoff stick. Why? Because we done it. It's us. It's Britain. Oh. Right, okay. Blighty. I thought you meant you and I, is it? No, no, we Did we? No, we haven't. I really took my eyes off the ball there. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, we haven't done it, but the Brits have done it. This whole thing in this country, oh, get ready, brace yourself. We've got one in, three out. So in this country, the Great Britain of Kingdom, United (laughs) Onia, Brexit Island, if you want to introduce a new regulation costing an otter mincing company five, you've got to go and find 15s worth of savings all over the rest of the place, else you ain't allowed to do it. That's extraordinary. Oh, God. What? I, well, I remember one in, one out coming in because that was in the early days of the coalition government, right? And I remember that coming in. I remember, actually, I remember um, a friend of the Babel, Martin Williams, who we interviewed on episodes eight, eight uh, writing articles much in the same tone that you have just explained, saying this is completely insane because 
you know, if someone decides that they need a new regulation on how car engines shouldn't be turned up to 11 so for, they, for example. they blow up, that doesn't mean you should just get rid of the old regulation that said lorry engines should <laughs> not be turned up to 11. Both are needed. Um, so that was one in, one out. And that was stupid. So you're telling me that we've not only had one in, two out. We had that. But we've gone further. <laughs> We're now having one in. Three out. Right. Where does this end? Well, one in four out is obviously next. One in N out, where N is any number. (laughs) Shut up and listen. There's all sorts of machinations of this. There's like targets. All departments, all government departments have got targets to cut in totality the cost of regulation by I think it's a hundred billion pounds. So again, entirely arbitrary of any benefit to society. They just have to go around and they all have to like offer up regulations. And they had this thing called the red tape challenge. I remember that. When the public was asked, if you remember, to like say, what do you want to keep? What do you want to scrap? Right. And overwhelmingly people said, we want to keep everything. Bugger off. And this is back in the day when they were pretending that this is what people wanted. This is what their citizens were demanding. So instead of just saying what it sounds like they're saying now, which is, yeah, we want business to make loads of money and don't care about anything else but then we're going well we'll we'll have a new website the red tape challenge and we're going to do it in lots of different themes and the first one's going to be environment and we're going to put up all of these horrible burdensome regulations and we're going to ask the public which ones they'd like to get rid of and 90 i think it was 99 percent of respondents and those respondents weren't just me and you it was thousands of people when no keep all of this stuff because it's doing things like keeping lead out of our rivers or keeping bits of land where birds can live and stuff like that. And, and, and actually, <laughs> since you asked government, since you brought it up, we have some more. We have some more. Because <laughs> you know that land over there that isn't protected and where nothing lives apart from Tesco? Well, maybe maybe we could have a regulation protecting that. And they went, right, well, we've listened very carefully and we're cutting them all. Just like you should have said. <laughs> So anyway, look, the point is this. All I wanted to say is this, right? That we spend a lot of time on this podcast and indeed in our jobs and indeed in our lives, right? Getting upset, all of us, about like things governments do. So why is the government not punishing this company? Why is the government letting supermarkets decide for themselves how they do stuff? All of that kind of thing, right? And actually, you've got to go, you've got to step right back from all this stuff and go back to like, oil companies and cigarette companies in the 70s and, you know, people who actually started to deliberately undermine, very sneakily, very cleverly, start to undermine the concept of regulation, you know, portray it all as a cost of business, an impact on freedom and all of this stuff that's Mm. part of it. Like, it's a really deep-seated kind of thing. Mm. And what you're getting now is a whole bunch of people in government around the place who think like that because they'd be... brought up on it. It was the dominant framing and that was how they would learn at... PPE at Oxford or whatever, yeah. And so they're now going, right, brilliant. Well, obviously it makes sense that, you know, business freedom is a good thing in and of itself. So you, you're a you're a seatbelt. You're stopping people flying out of windows and ending up in horrible situations. You're getting in the way of car companies selling cars more cheaply. So justify yourself. And that's, that's kind of what happens. It's this story that's been told. So, like, sometimes you've got to look at this deeper stuff and kind of go... Oh, it's about time people started going, particularly now when, like, with Brexit going on, everyone's, like, knickers are all in a flap about it and we're offering, you know, we'll cut our tax to minus seven in order to attract, you know, fracking companies to come here and frack our otters. Um, (laughs) That, like, it's about time people went, no, bugger off. It's quite nice to not have minced otters, thanks. 
sustainable of the week. Um... So, Sustainer Babble of the Week. This is the section where we have a little look at some of the egregious eco-guff that has been guffed, usually by companies or ministers or people trying to sound green when they're not. Who's been guffing this week, Dave? Squirrels! Squirrels! Squirrel, 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 squirrel. I can't squirrel. I can't say squirrel. Squirrels! Squirrels. Squirrels. Why? What's happened? Uh, there's too many of them. What? Too many of them uh, coming over here, grey ones, uh, doing poos all over our red ones, carrying a pox and killing all the red squirrels. So it's war on grey squirrels. We have talked about this before and uh, in episode six, I believe, uh, where we were talking about the war on tiny things because people use ridiculously militarised language when talking about defenceless little animals yes. that aren't at war. They're just being yeah. They're just existing. And we talked about this was, I think, the topmouth gudgeon, which was an unassuming little fish that, you know, shouldn't have been... In... <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was the Bosch. Uh, I can't remember. What was it? What did we say? The language they use in this re- press release. It is, it is like a press release from the Ministry of Defence. It's extraordinary. They talk about winning its war against this... Uh, this fish. They talk about the fish has been wreaking havoc in the country's lakes and ponds. Uh, they talk about today's operation to eliminate the fish, targeted removal of the fish, mm. um, and, and they remind yeah. us that they've got four. Yeah, that was it. it. Just so, the, the whole point is people in conservation, you know, people who aren't like Sir Mike Jackson or Thingamajig portrayers, they're not people whose job is war. They're people whose job is conserving stuff. But talking is if we're at war with animals. And it's happening again. So this week, there is news that there is a red squirrel army that has won some funding to try and conserve them. Okay, well, right, I, don't, I don't think you should you call it an army because it's not an army. It's probably just some people in wellies. But, um, fine, okay, good. Well, conserving red squirrels is a good thing. They're under threat. Uh, population numbers are falling, blah, blah, blah. But... We've talked about this before. One of the main reasons they're under threat is because grey squirrels are bigger and better. And have got the pox. And have got the pox. Yeah. And they've got the pox, which doesn't affect them, but does affect red squirrels. Which, to be fair, in terms of weaponry, is a pretty nasty weapon. Isn't it? It's like, <laughs> you know, they are militarised, these, these squirrels. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're tooled up. They're tooled up with the pox. But uh, in this article, you know, we weren't banging on about it too much. But basically... It has no qualms in saying the most ludicrous militarised things about what conservationists are doing. What are they saying, Arabella? The work in the three key areas includes continuing efforts in Aberdeen City and Aberdeenshire towards making the area a grey squirrel-free zone by developing a rapid response system to detect and remove any remaining greys. Grey squirrel-free zone... Yeah. yeah. Rapid response system. Yeah. Detect and remove any remaining greys. Well, you, you can't talk about squirrels like that. Look at their little faces. Thing is this, though, right, Oh, Yeah. Kind of is a war on the squirrel, isn't it? Like, actually, that is what's going on. So what is going to happen here is loads of people are going to be trained to kill in the face. In the face. <laughs> Grey squirrels by like by the tens, if not hundreds of thousands. Like that is exactly what this is. And actually, having thought about this a little bit more, 
probably a bit more blinking military language to point out what's going on wouldn't be a bad thing. Like, the point is, targeted control means shooting in the face. Yeah. Right, okay. So your, your point is, more of this language, be more upfront about it. Yeah. Well, you know, talk about because actually, you know, the I actually think we've got this totally the wrong way around because you look you look often at the language that is used, the badger cull. There we are. There's one that's shooting badgers in the face. That's what that is. They don't call it the shooting badgers in the face. They call it a cull. They call it management or like foot of mouth dealing with foot of mouth. That's shooting cows in the face and then burning them is what that <laughs> is, right? And basically, it's horrible, brutal business. We're all over the place to quote control wildlife. You know, mm. go back and listen to episode fifty-seven when we talk about grouse shooting and all of the nonsense. That could be around controlling wildlife there. What you are basically doing is shooting an animal in the face because it gets in the way of another animal that you decide you like more for entirely arbitrary reasons, basically based around like that was there first or something. It doesn't mean anything at all to the animal that you're shooting in the face. So are you saying that we should just have more aggressive military language to describe what's going on? Yeah, call it what it is. (laughs) Just call it what it is because like people hide because actually the whole point of sustainable is to point out where people are like not being honest about what they're doing. They're actually being pretty honest here. Like it is going to be like war (laughs) if you are a grey squirrel. You're going to get shot in the face all over the place. That is exactly what it is. So actually this is like anti-sustainable of the week. I'm so confused. Things Donald Dan. So, things Donald Dan. This is a section we said we weren't going to have again because we were getting bored of talking about the Orange Wonder, but then we stopped talking about him for a week or two and we kind of missed him. Yeah. Uh, so, it's back. This is the section where we'd see what the unbelievably awful, racist, sexist, horrible, pussy grabbing president of the United States. Yeah, go on. Yeah, let's tweet that. Fan, of the, ba- <laughs> fan of the babble, Donald Trump. <laughs> Has gone and done this week. And what's, well, this is a slightly different story, actually, isn't it? What's he done? Nothing. Yeah. But we, so a couple of episodes ago, yeah, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember, a couple of episodes ago, we were all set to like, you know, edit and publish. And then I got this email from a bloke who works like he was in the know. And he said, just so as you know, just got word, Donald Trump is like any minute now going to pull out of the Paris Agreement on climate change. And I saw, I, I said to you like, oh, cool, maybe we better like, you know, hang on. And we thought, no, sod it. Total disrespect for our listeners and they won't care about that sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, we haven't been newsworthy or current uh, the previous 70 odd episodes. Why start now? Exactly. And then he didn't do it. Didn't happen. And I was, I asked someone, I asked this guy last week, I said, what's going on with that? And he went, don't know. Not, not done it. We were told he was going to do it, and he's not. He's not done it. The US, as things stand at the time of recording, incidentally, which is yes. Friday, <laughs> is currently still a signatory to the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. Go back and listen to episode thirty-seven for more on that. Yes, and this is rather the point because an article came out this week in thehill.com, which is a website. Uh, pointing actually no it was referencing an article in the Washington Post uh, so there you go Uh, but pointing out that apparently Ivanka Trump his daughter Donald's daughter one of his daughters um, and her husband Jared Kushner uh, have been saying to Donald actually you really should not pull out of the climate change agreement and actually you shouldn't stick a load of language in whichever executive order is on the cards having a massive go at it and it so far seems like he might have been listening which I mean this is all heavily caveated by the fact that by the time we publish it he probably will have deleted it and like you know 
nuked all of the solar plants in the world just for good measure. But it raises some interesting questions about how politicians are influenced, isn't it? Because everyone is, I think, rightfully getting in a right old tiz about the fact that you can't just appoint your son-in-law and appoint your daughter as advisors. But I reckon that he's going to listen to his daughter more than he's going to listen to anyone else. And if she, just probably because she's a young person and not a 70-year-old man and is therefore a little bit more worried about climate change than he might be, if she's got her head screwed on, maybe this is a good thing. That's true. And it makes sense, don't it? Like, if you appointed someone, you brought in a member of staff to help you get dressed in the morning. Uh, and Am I allowed to do that? You can do that if you want. You that have would to... massively help. Well, exactly, massively yeah. And, and the member of staff said to you after being in the job for a couple of weeks, uh, Mr. Oll, I uh, think maybe you ought to try and have a shower a bit more often, right? It's been three weeks now. Yeah, that, then you might go... Well, interesting, you're fired, right? <laughs> Whereas if Mrs. Ol says, oh, you want to go have a shower a bit more often, you go, yes, you're, Mrs. Ol. No, I go, you're fired. And she goes, you can't fire me, I'm Mrs. Ol. And I go, oh, shall I have a shower then? She says, yes. No, 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 no. It takes me right back to our wedding night. <laughs> Right, that is just about it for Sustainable 74. Another one in the can. Thank you very, very much, my beautiful, velvet-voiced co-host, for being with me here today (laughs) to babble. You are very, very welcome. I've greatly enjoyed basking in your aura. Uh, (laughs) If you have enjoyed what you have heard, then leave us a little review on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or Acast or Podbay.fm or any of them other things that we're on, but you didn't wear all them things, uh, wherever you consume your podcasts, and you can get in touch with us, tell us what you thought of the show, drop us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish, which like more and more and more people are doing. Yeah, it's great. Keep it coming. Uh, Or Twitter at The Babble Wagon, or you can find us on Facebook. Just search Sustainababble. Thank you, as ever, to the magnificent Dickie Moore for providing the music that intertwinkles, starts and ends the show. And thank you to my lovely, lovely niece, Arabella, for babbling so supremely as she always does. Right, we will be back next week. In the meantime, I think there's still some curry left, old bean. So I think we'd better get involved. Old bean? I don't want any old bean curry. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hello. You're by the door, eh? Okay.